This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. We're very happy to have you at a very busy time in South Florida soccer. And so it seems the perfect time to uh, bring the band back together and talk about some things. So uh, let's go around the horn here and let's start with our man Lee Efans. Lee, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Uh, it feels like an eternity since we last did this. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, a lot has changed. But, uh, you know, it's exciting times, isn't it? I'm doing good, though. That's good to hear. Very good to hear. And, yeah, it's felt like an eternity because it has. But uh, let's uh, uh, build up our stamina again. Omar Mubayed, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. doing good. I'm guessing that we're on here to talk about Manchester United's win over Arsenal last weekend, correct? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Those clubs are dead. Those clubs are dead now. It's all about Wrexham. Those are dead clubs. It's true. That's right. (laughs) Wrexham tomorrow at 10.30. Yes, yes. Yes. Can't wait. Uh, The eyes of the world turn to Wrexham. Um, So let's start with what I think everyone would agree is the big story of... Just to return uh, to form with Miami FC. (laughs) Yes. The absolute biggest... Oh, something else. (laughs) Um, The debut of Lionel Messi with Inter-Miami. Um. Yeah. <laughs> we're, never, we're never heard of her. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Uh. Yeah. Uh. The debut, and it was literally everything you could ask for in a debut. Um. Except for, I guess, him starting, but that ever that was kind of baked in. Um. Uh. I was there. Uh. My my decision to go paid off. Um. <laughs> it worked out pretty well because it was quite a show. Well done for uh, not leaving early. Yes. Yeah. And I. I will be. I will do a little bit of this. You can't see the folks who are listening, but I'm uh, giving the tisk tisk signal to some folks because it turned about 90, 92 minutes and some folks were heading out. And I just started yelling. There are penalties after this. I read the league's cup rules and there are penalties after full time. If it's tied. So when you say just... 92 minutes, was that the amount of time you waited in the parking lot to leave after the game? Oh, well that yeah. too. I mean, that's, we'll, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. The whole, there's, Still more than a few kinks to be worked out. But let, let's start on the pitch for a second and and say uh, when David Beckham signs his contract to join L.A. Galaxy, what, almost 20 years ago at this point, um, that's exactly what he had in mind. Ago? I mean, almost he came in 2006, ago. right? Oh, my yes. word. I, I, know. Yeah. I mean, I was, in high, I was in high school, so yes, somewhere yeah. along that time, 2004, 2005, 2006. I hate to break it to you, Lee, but yeah, it's 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 been almost two decades now. Um, but and 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 you could see it on his face. I mean, when he has tears coming to his eyes after that free kick goal, um, Miami is a spectacle city, and it got the spectacle uh, in that game last night. And 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 I wanted to get your what what you took away from that game from that moment, and, and kind of what you see going forward. Uh, Lee, let's start with you. Well, it's going to be difficult for me because I didn't watch the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> So well, you've it, seen yeah. the goal in the moment and the reaction since. Uh, I have also not seen the goal, but I have seen the reaction and I have seen people talking about it. Now, obviously, uh, there are lots of reasons for that, but the U- the U.S. Women's National Team were playing, so I was yes. watching. I was watching them versus Vietnam. Um, I find that in everything to do with this sport, you can't divide. I, I hate I hate multi screening when games are on. I can't even do that. So I've, I've planted my flag early and, um, you know, the, the women's soccer is so important to me now, much more important than an MLS franchise. So I did not see the game. However, the one thing I will chip in is, uh, you know, regardless of everything else, it was a moment. And uh, you said it yourself, Matt, it's a spectacle city. And to have that moment to start things off, um, it's, you couldn't have scripted it better, could you? I think that's probably the best thing. Um, it would have been terrible if he sort of come on for 20 minutes, done nothing, because then the narrative would be, oh, yeah, I wasted my money, blah, 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 blah. No one wasted their money, did they? I mean, you were there, Matt, and I tr- I, I, I trust your uh, your judgment and your opinion, and if you say it was great, then it was great. So uh, that is the opinion of someone who wasn't there, didn't see <laughs> it, and didn't care. <laughs> uh, Lee Fens uh, digging his foot in, uh, remaining a, a man of principle, I appreciate. And I will say just before Omar, I will let you go in a second. It's not about any kind of like try hard or any kind of like, you know, thing. It's you no, know, it's not for me, but everyone is 
going crazy over this stuff. If you've tuned in expecting a slightly different opinion, you've come to the right place. I'm not here to kind of lay down a sort of an anti-Messi or anti-Inter-Miami narrative. Far from it. I think what's happening is great. I have my problems with the MLS. But I'm interested to see what you two make of it, because especially you, Matt, because I know that you were very, very well, and I, I kind of like that it's the three of us in particular, no slight to Drew or, or Abel or anyone else that joins us, but I do feel like we kind of have a spectrum here where, mm-hmm. um, Lee, you you have always had a, a very principled stance against MLS, and, and I, I, I understand it. Omar has been a bit gun-shy towards Inter-Miami at certain points in this and I am kind of the the one that's like, oh, I'm the gif of the, the the young girl in the taco commercial that says, why not both? And so that and that's kind of been my position from day one. Um, I feel like Omar might be starting to lean a little bit towards me. Um, I, I don't know. I'm speaking on his behalf when he's sitting right there. But Omar, your Putting reaction. Words in my mouth, man. I, I, I want to hear from Omar. It's like Omar's in the middle. I think that's the most, another interesting point of view. Yeah, so, so Omar, I, 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 think... I will turn over to you and then I'll give my two cents. Okay, so here, here's okay. I think that there's right on both sides of this argument, right? Find people on both sides. Heaven <laughs> forbid, I can't believe I just said those words. No, uh, I, I think that okay, you got to look at it at face value. You got to take it for what it is. Correct. I think at this point, I'm upset and I'm still torn at the fact that Miami FC has a lack of support in the stands, while a bunch of Johnny Come Latelys. Are sitting are are packing Drive Pink Stadium, and that's not that's not a knock against right Inner Miami by any means, and it's not a knock against anybody who chooses to spend their money in whatever way they want, right? Like, who am I to tell you what game to attend or 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 how to spend your money? But I'm upset by it because one, you have an organization that's been in the community now for almost ten years, right? Uh, and and deserves a level of support that's far greater than what they're receiving now. And to be quite honest, I can be critical on their form and I can be critical on, on their roster construction over the last two seasons. And and fine that, 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 you know, maybe you reap what you sow. I get it. Right. Um, on the other hand, I think when you have the best player in the world come into your backyard, it changes things. I think for me personally, this is not, a, I'm listen, I'm not, I don't have any, connections with barcelona i'm not a fan of psg uh i really i couldn't really care less that i root for messi at the world cup absolutely right because i think the narrative there was bigger than than the tournament itself um but when that player comes into your backyard i think the perspective changes a little bit because you realize how big it is sure it's big for the franchise it's big for 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 inner miami but i think it's bigger for the game locally Locally and it's bigger for the game domestically. Um, and, and we've seen it happen a time and two before. I think when Zlatan went to LA Galaxy, it was a game changer, right? When Beckham went to LA Galaxy, it's a game changer. And now you're you're getting one of those superstars coming into this league. Now, if it becomes the Barcelona Retirement Club, I, I don't know, right? Like, what well, what is the product going to look like over the MLS season is going to be different. The team sitting outside of a playoff spot, right? This League's Cup is great. And I think when we look at League's Cup, you need to take it for what it is. This is a pathway into CONCACAF Champions League. Because now that that's a that's a whole different animal. Like Matt, you and I have talked about fair about what the open cup would look like if it's if the finals held in Miami. And and, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But um if you get CONCACAF Champions League in your backyard, that's that's different. That 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 that's different because that's the pathway to global to global access for this club, especially with the FIFA Club World Cup coming to the United States in 2025. This has major ramifications for for everybody involved, up and down the pyramid. Yeah, I, I think that that's the the big thing to take away from this season in particular. This season is for Inter Miami a two game season. And all the other games are great and and folks will attend and they'll be chanting and everything, all the other wonderful things we 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 come to expect from from big matches. But the the two most important games for this club are the semifinal against Cincinnati and a possible final, whether it's in Miami or not. Because you win those two games, as you alluded to, Omar, you qualify for CONCACAF Champions League. And and then from from there, you've now set the table for next year. Um if they get in the MLS playoffs or not, I mean, it's, they are the bottom of the barrel, but almost everyone gets in. 
So it could go either way. You know, um, I, I wouldn't bet on it, but I also wouldn't put it at 10% either. Um, just in, in watching the game, uh, the game against Cruz Azul, the first 50 minutes, it is what we've come to expect from uh, kind of CONCACAF club play between two clubs that are meh, right? Cruz Azul is towards the bottom of the table uh, in Mexico and Miami's bottom of the table here uh, in, in MLS. And for 50 minutes, you know, you get a goal from Inter-Miami totally against the run of play. It was a great goal, not to take anything away. It was awesome, um, but like not deserved. Um, but, you know, that's the way the game works. Sometimes you get what you don't deserve and sometimes you don't deserve what you get. Um, but they they take the one nil lead and and then Messi comes on and 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 critically too, Sergio Busquets comes on. I think that's the really the, the missing piece in all this. When they came on, and and I I mentioned this uh, the night of, my seats were not my normal uh, season ticket seats. They were at middle of midfield, about thirty rows up, so high up but midfield. And uh, Omar, I, I compared it to playing FIFA, where you've got that kind of high broadcast camera that's <laughs> falling a little bit. It was that angle. And the first 45, 50 minutes, you're just seeing it. And you're like, oh, man, if you can just make that pass or if you can just, you know, because you can see it. You can see above above it. You can see everything. You're like, oh, man, they have a pass there. And they just can't connect with it. And then Messi comes on and Busquets comes on. And the two of them are making all the passes that you see and a lot of passes you don't. And to me, that's the difference. And and we compared Busquets to um, Andre Pirlo at NYCFC. Right. About he is not the most nimble of foot anymore. Uh, he is not in his physical prime, uh, admittedly 100%. Um, but Pirlo didn't have Messi up top. <laughs> if Pirlo had Messi up top, that kind of playing around the center circle style might have been a lot more fruitful. And and Lionel Messi is he's he's a different creature. He's just a different guy. And Not from this planet. He's just, he came from somewhere else and he was given by some higher power the ability to just control a, a field. And and you see it the moment. You, it's just, you, you wonder going into it like, oh, you know, he's just played a whole year and he's, you know, he's coming in the MLS. What's his motivation going to be? You wonder, you know, you wonder what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get until you see it. And within five minutes, it was like, oh, yeah, this guy is he, he is him like he's he's Lionel Messi. And it wasn't surprising that he scored that goal. You know, it, it just wasn't because you're like, yeah, this guy's going to have some impact on this game. I didn't know it was going to be specifically a goal, but you're like, this guy is going to put his stamp on the game. And, and he did for 50 minutes right from the time he stepped on the field through. There was rarely a moment where it was like, oh, man, he's he, he's not he's, he's not in control of what he's doing. It was just it was remarkable to see um and again i came into this not really knowing what to expect i like spectacle i'm a i'm a miami and i like spectacle i like a big show when there's a big show in town uh and so i i really wanted to go and see the big show uh and see what it would be and i came away saying yeah this is going to work like it's it's going to work somehow like it's not going to be in three years we look back and say wow this this was just a giant failure it's going to work and and it's it's because of that guy and it was just it was Quite a pleasure to watch. Quite a pleasure to watch. I think you've led in quite nicely there to uh, Matt. What happens when he goes? Like, do you really believe that it will create something that is permanent, or do you think there's going to be a lot of people that the minute he's gone, they'll just lose interest? What I would say, Lee, is I know what'll happen if he didn't come, right? And if he mm. doesn't come, not the question you're, I asked, but okay. I know, but I'm going I'm to get back to it. I'm going to circle back to it. If, if he had not come, this is going to be a club that is always fourth to fifth place in the market, right? It's always going to be fighting with the Panthers. I don't know offense to Omar. I don't know. You know the, you're not Panthers, wrong. You're not wrong. But like that's where, the, and you know, the cup run will help them going into next year, certainly. But for 20 years, they've been a clear fourth place. Even when the Marlins were terrible, even when the Dolphins were terrible, they've always been fourth place. Now that he's here, it elevates them into a position of awareness. And I think there are two key things here. One thing, and, and I saw this happen, um, being a, a, a public school teacher, um, kids don't care about the Dolphins the way they care about the Heat. 
And it's because the Heat have been consistently good for pretty much their whole lives, right? And and they've maintained. Um, do I think that Messi alone fixes this? No. But do I think that in five years, there'll be another player similar to Messi's stature that now wants to come to Miami? I think that's the key, is that you 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 build the bridge. Beckham is the bridge to Messi. They're both Adidas players. They've had a professional relationship for pretty much Messi's whole entire professional career. Like, you build that connection. It's why when people said, like, oh, they're going to sign Messi and Ronaldo, I was always like, no, they're never going to sign Ronaldo. There's no connection there. There is a connection with Messi. And I always argued that, like, whether it was when he was 35, 36, 37, 38, that he was going to come and play in Miami. I, I, I felt that pretty strongly. And now it's like, okay, well, who's the next Adidas player in that age group? And I think that's what what Miami and Beckham, and now that Messi is going to be part of the ownership group as well. If you're a player of that stature, where do you want to play in the U.S.? If you do want to play in the U.S., you know, if Saudi Arabia doesn't come along and offer you eight hundred million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get if you don't get the Mbappe offer, or you don't want to go to Saudi Arabia and you want a different challenge, where do you go? I think that's the key with Messi. And and if this blows up and it's a disaster in two years then no, that that chain is broken. It won't work. And then who knows what happens then. But I, I do think that's that's the long-term vision is basically to be <clears throat> almost how you have clubs that we think of in Europe that are kind of like, okay, you you go from Brazil to, um, what's the big club in Portugal? Oh, I guess Porto, maybe. You go to Porto and then you go to- Benfica. Yeah, Benfica, Benfica, yes. Porto. I knew I was, <laughs> yeah, but, but Benfica, Benfica is the one I was thinking of. Where like, that's the 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 kind of warming up. Like it's like you're you're out in the cold, you're in kind of the warm up tub, and then you hit like the hot tub. Inter Miami, I feel like can be can enter into that Benfica level, but also attract older players too. Where maybe you take the 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 launch into Europe from Miami because it's it's kind of a middle ground, and also hey, before you head back to South America and retire or do whatever, maybe you come to Miami for a little bit and be king of the town. I think that's the spot that Inter Miami wants to find. And I think it's what they can do. And in, in MLS, the only clubs that can possibly do it are Miami, the two LA clubs, and the two New York clubs. Um, and and you know, Miami's on the East Coast and is is Latin. And mm -hmm. and and Los Angeles is on the West Coast and, and has a Latin influence, but it's more Central American. Um, I, I think that Miami is Miami is it was always foolish that there wasn't an MLS club here for that specific reason. It's foolish that the University of Miami doesn't have a men's soccer team as part of their sports offerings for that specific know. reason. Like Miami is a unique place in that sense. And um, yeah, I think it could be very successful to give you a very long answer to your question. I, I but the, the, I think Lee's onto something, right? Cause I think what we don't know is first of all, Messi may never play at Miami freedom park. That that's the first thing we need to wrap our heads around, right? Like we realistically could never step foot in that building by the time that it's done. Sure. And then what, then what does that look like? moving forward for the club right because that 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 becomes kind of the other catch 22 where who's the next one in the pipe and of course like we can answer ask that thirty thousand foot question now right and not have an answer to it but it's gonna have to be a latin american player right it's not gonna be a marcus rashford right it's not gonna be you know uh, it's not gonna be a Jaden sancho right it's not it's not gonna be uh, uh, Robert Lewandowski. It's not going to be a European-based player. It's going to have to be somebody with Latin roots. And 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 who's that at that at that point, right? Because if let's say we give Messi three years, let, let's say he he plays one season at Miami Freedom Park, right? And let's say they work six days a week, eighteen hours a day to get it built in two years, which is going to be a hell of a feat. But if anybody can, this city can do it. It's going to be the guys at Mastec, right? So who who is it, right? Who's the, who's that next? target and, and maybe it's not clear now maybe it'll clear up in the future but i, I don't you know may, maybe i'm overlooking it lee is, is there somebody you have in mind that would be the next in line it doesn't have to be a generational talent but who's that next big superstar that you bank on to fill the seats to jump in super quick and then liam and i'm gonna throw it back to you my whole i think my point with this is that when that time comes these conversations are going to involve miami that when you get the reporting and uh Fabrizio Romano and all these types, Miami is going to be one of these names that gets thrown around. You're part of the conversation where no other club in this part of the world is because you landed that big fish once. Like you, you did, you did the hard one. You got the hard one done. 
Um, and now, <sighs> but but you now, got the hard one done with a sweetheart. I mean, like I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic because then again, it's going to be like what Omar said in the past, right? Like Omar poops over in Miami UFC or CF. No, that's, that's not the case. But you got it done because Apple is putting how many millions of dollars into it, right? You got it done because you gave him ownership stake. You got it done because all of a sudden there's this extra revenue and all the other teams in MLS don't care that you're doing it. And they're going around the by rules of what MLS is to allow this to happen. So yeah, you got it done with 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 the big kahuna, the biggest wheel that there is. But it doesn't mean it's going to get done following that. Well, and if they're one trick pony, then it's there are going to be problems. But I, I just i I am willing to give a benefit of the doubt uh, that the by the time you get. Four or five years down the road, they'll they'll be there'll be a plan in place. There'll be something else to move along. I mean, this messy thing wasn't put together yesterday. This was a years long effort. We know this, you know. Yeah, and and yeah, it's I, I I'm sure that the way this club works is by getting that big name. If you don't have that big name, a big name, it, it's it's going to struggle. And Lee, to go back to your original point, that is the concern. Uh, but that's that's Miami. I think it's interesting. Bad. I think it's interesting what Omar says. Like who's next? Because there isn't. You're talking about you're talking about a one-off. You're talking about an original. You're talking about one of the greatest players of all time, the greatest player of his generation. And I think you can say that now. There's you know it's you, you can't speculate on who would that would be after it. And that is you know for me that's a slight worry because yeah this is all this is all great. And credit to Messi's missus for twisting his arm and saying, I want to live in South Florida, not in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, and I, and I want a certain lifestyle. And, um, you know, the stars aligned and, uh, you know, it, and it all came together perfectly. And I think that serendipity is probably not going to happen again. I don't think it really, like, if you bring over someone who's, you know, I, I off the top of my head, I, who, like, it's it's not going to happen again. So it's how do you capitalize on what you have now to build something that's going to last? I've already heard all this rubbish. Oh, it's going to be great for the local game. I don't agree with that. In fact, I strongly disagree because I think it just, you know, it makes everything top heavy. And I don't see what the trickle down effect is going to be. And if that's not going to happen, I, I'm a little bit worried about what will happen then when he does go and when he does start playing, what the reaction will be. The only way is down, but how far down does it go? And are, we prepared, are, are, are people prepared then to have like two, three bleak seasons? Arguably, the guys who've stuck with Inter Miami already have already been through that, that lean period. You know, they've been to that period on the promises, waiting, having faith and respect. Good on them for that. But those times are going to come again. Everyone's thinking, this is it. We made it. And that's a dangerous way to think because that's not the case at all. You've given yourself a great advantage. But I think there's still work to be done. I think that's the thing, the complacency that, that I would be a bit worried about. Everyone thinks it's a done deal now. It will be a success permanently. And I think there's there's negative facets to it that people are choosing to not think about at the moment. Because it, it's a feel-good in the moment at the end of the day, right? Nobody wants to have this conversation in the middle of the feel-good, and it's going to be, you know, why are you taking away my feel-good? Why, why are you taking Enjoy away my happiness? Why not? No, 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 but, yeah. but that, that's yeah. going to be the retort, right? But I, I think that there's merit in what you're saying as well. Uh, and the people who've stuck it out have stuck it out. But it's not going to be the same people now dropping $1,000 for you know, for tickets for an exhibition in the League's Cup. It's not going to be those people. It's going to be the season ticket holder base that they had accumulated. And it's going to be a fraction of that because there's going to be people who have cashed out and said, okay, my time is done. I will watch from home. No big deal. Not, not a problem moving forward. This is not where I, this is not in the product that I thought it was going to be after he's gone. And then we'll have that conversation two, three years down the line. But with, to answer your question, is does it affect everybody else? I think the trickle down goes all the way to the bottom and then bubbles back up to the surface in this game. And I think what ends up happening is even though we have a very rich youth 
system here in Miami. Pay, say what you want about pay to play. You know, I agree with you 100%. I think now you're going to get even more kids saying, All right, this, "What's your choice? Of, what's your choice of sport?" And they're going to pick up. They're going to pick up a soccer ball before they pick up anything else. I, I would say to that, I think that Miami is a unique market in the sense that, I, yeah, I don't think this will benefit youth soccer all that much down here because how much more juice can you squeeze from that orange? Like, you know, you, you this is not a town where you're really competing with like, oh, well, there's youth football and youth bait. I mean, yes, there are. But like you, 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 you have a ton of youth sports down here across the board and soccer is probably preeminent among them. I would, I mean, I would argue it's football and American football. I wouldn't argue that it's soccer. Look at the talent, look at the product level that, that emanates from this region. And it's not in soccer. It's not, it's, it's primarily not in soccer. If they even get to division one soccer, that's, that's revered, but it's not in the pro game. Not from here. I mean, when you have, you have two guys on the pitch for inner Miami (laughs) that, that were are from down here. Like you have in the last decade, uh, an advancement in the development of youth talent. Um, you do, like you just do. Um, th- there has been a kind of people getting their stuff together and 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 making it work. You know, like you just do. Um, I, I I don't. I, what what I think is for Inter Miami as a club. Now I, I feel like I'm going to be on the the jumping on the like going to jump on them for a second. The club has never made any pretension to say that they care very much about the world of soccer outside of inter Miami. That's how it counts. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, what I would say is that the inter Miami youth program, pretty strong. Uh, their second division team for development purposes seems to be doing pretty well. Uh, they have made no inclination that they're going to start a women's team at, at the NWSL level or be involved in that whatsoever. Jorge Mas told us, told me that to my face, me and Abelian Rola told us that in 2019 has maintained that. So if, if you're looking for what the trickle down effects may be, my response to that rightly or wrongly is I don't think they're thinking about that. I think they're thinking about positioning the club in a way to separate it from the rest of the MLS pack. And we're going to find out if Jorge Mas and David Beckham are Mickey Arison or if they're Wayne Heisenga, right? We're going to find out if, if they can build a sustained winner, if they can find their guy who can build a club and understand the rules and play with the money and make it work according to the rules, unlike some people that may previously work for the club, um, but actually play within the rules, but but take those rules within an inch of their life and build a winner versus are you a flash in the pan? Were you able to do one thing right one time? And if they can do one thing right one time, we will see what will happen. And what will happen is they will fall back into uh, mediocrity and obscurity. I will say that I think that going back to what I said before, they are uniquely positioned to not have that happen because American sports legislates parity and MLS legislates parity to a degree. The one thing that Miami has that other clubs don't, they all have DP spots, but they don't all have Miami. You know, Miami has Miami, even though they're in Fort Lauderdale, they have Miami. And that is the one thing that if you can't, there is, there's not another Messi, but there will be a high profile player. Almost none of the other clubs in in this league will be able to attract them like Miami could. Doesn't mean they will, but they could. And that is the first step, right? Uh, Going to the Miami Heat. They were uh, an expansion franchise like Orlando or anywhere else in, in, in obscurity, make the playoffs a couple times, whatever. They're up, they're down. They hire Pat Riley, guy that knows how to build a team and coach a team and he does it and they win a championship and then, Oh, but now Dwayne Wade or now, uh, you know, Alonzo morning's gone. Dwayne Wade takes over. Oh, Dwayne Wade leaves. Uh, Jimmy Butler is brought in when no one thinks they can do it. You figure out how to do it. Cause you get guys who know what they're doing. If inner Miami has guys that know what they're doing, it'll work. And then they'll be able to sustain American sports. Usually don't sustain you. You don't build, you know, the, where we see in the sport and the rest of the world, these these clubs that that always are at the top, that always are winning. We don't see that in American sports. And yeah, there are going to be down periods or periods where they swing and miss. And that's going to be, and the, 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 the stands will be emptier. Um, and, and like you said, Lee, the first two, three years, the first two years of this club, it was that. They w- weren't very good. And they swung and missed on things. And they made mistakes. And they got sanctioned by the league. And the attendance was okay. Like, it, it wasn't the Miami Fusion 
1999, where you had 5,000 people at the Orange Bowl, it was okay. And so that's why I think that even now projecting out three years, four years, five years, whenever Lionel Messi decides to leave and retire, do whatever, um, it'll be okay. I, I think they'll be okay. I, whether they actually stay at this heightened level of attention, we don't know that. But I think that they have a pathway to do it. And no matter what, I think they're going to be in a much better place than 10 years ago. The same kind of club would have been down here. That's my two cents. Well, it was there's a lot of incense, but <laughs> <laughs> this is true. No, but there, there's a lot of intricacies now within the next three summers, right? Leading into the 2026 World Cup. And there's going to be a lot of ramifications for the game in the United States as a whole heading into that World Cup. I, and, and I strongly believe that. And I think we're seeing that with the rumblings of what's happening in, in the second division and, and everything moving. Moving forward, and to fact check Matthew very quickly, Inter Miami two and MLS Next Pro, uh, they're four thirteen and two, and those thirteen are losses, not draws. What what I'm saying is, in terms of development, they're sending their guys up to the big team, and they're succeeding. That that's the that's why I specifically said development. In terms of competition, no, but their guys are coming up. There are guys from that team coming up and and performing. Ben Kramashi, and um, you know, you have two guys from that kind of that youth movement on the field the other night. It's, it's, it's something, it's something to acknowledge. Uh, and it's something that down here, even though people love to talk about soccer forever, you didn't see a lot of South Floridians really rising to the pro level and succeeding at a young age. And they're doing it. I think that's something worth tipping your hat to. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Fair enough. I, I'd so, like to go back a little bit to um, this, this club world cup thing. And I don't know if you guys have right read anything about it and the format and everything. But to me, it seems like it's a slam dunk that Inter Miami will play in that no matter what they do, no matter what they win or don't win, because the host nation gets to elect one club to, to the tournament. There's one slot for the host mm. nation Mm-mm. to elect to that tournament. And you Mm-mm. know what the USSF and Soccer United marketing put above everything else, above competition, comes money. And there's only one club that's going to generate more money than everyone else, and that's Inter Miami. So I think it's actually a slam dunk that they will play in that competition, no matter what happens. I don't know how successful that competition is going to be, but I think that's a nice other little kind of leg up for them, knowing that that's probably going to come for them down the line. My my question... Go ahead. Go ahead, Omar. Go ahead, you first. I I just... Okay, right now, the three slots held by CONCACAF are go to Monterrey, Seattle Sounders, Leon the winner of the 2024 CONCACAF Champions Cup, right? And then that host nation. I'm hard-pressed to believe that CONCACAF wouldn't take LAFC or wouldn't take a New York team. I mean, I, a New York team, no. But the LAFC's decision. No, I, is it? Are you are you 100% certain about that? Because it's labeled as a CONCACAF I'm never 100% certain about anything. That's fair. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's that was fair, my... Fair. Okay, so... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a possibility. That would be interesting. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, there's still so many questions. It's so weird that there's this thing on the horizon that everyone's aware of, and there's still so many questions about who's going to be in it and how one qualifies for it. It's, it's very, it's very soccery. It's very, very. Wait for rankings. Uh, they'll tell you yeah. all you need to know. Yeah. Ugh. But, uh, but yeah. So that will be fun. So that is twenty five. Twenty five. 25. Okay. So we got 25. a couple of years. Because it, it's like we don't have the Confederations Cup no more, do we? So it sort of correct. takes right. space. And yes, it's, a way, it's a way, and it's going to use it as a way to warm up the World Cup host nation from this point on. Yeah. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah. It, barely. Um, <laughs> so, Omar, you alluded to, and I think it's a good transition. Let's let's move a little bit into USL here. And let's let's talk a little bit about the local and then the big picture. Um, let's talk about Miami FC, um, hell of a result the other night. And, and Lee, I can anticipate that you were able to check out the Miami FC match. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes. Cause I think you've checked out every Miami FC match. Cause you are a good man. Well, it's some of those, some of those West coast games were a little bit past my bedtime, but I do my best. <laughs> San Antonio is right on the, right on the line, right there. Right, oh, yeah, well, well, still... we, we had to play Monterey and it was like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, <laughs> I made it. I made it for the first half. 
<laughs> so it was, you know, Miami FC not having the kind of year we typically expect from them, not having the kind of year that you'd really be happy with at all. But that's a heck of a result. That was not something that I had foreseen. Uh, I, I wasn't, I got to be honest, I was didn't have a close eye on that game because I just assumed it was going to be a loss because you're talking bottom of the East versus second in the West. Am I right about that? Um, what'd you take away from that match? Uh, how, and, and to get a red card, what, 10 minutes in? Yeah. After two yellows. So, yeah. I mean, I think, it, you know, how do you, Paco, how do you, how do you rack up two yellows in 10 minutes? Well, you know, it happens, but you know what? I think one of the things about USL is that it is a pretty competitive league. And, um, certainly Miami FC have been on the opposite end of that. I mean, I remember when I can never get this team's name wrong. Loudon. Luden. Oh, Luden. Loudon. Loudon. Oh, wait. No, it's Loudon, uh, isn't it? Is it Loudon? Loudon, Loudon. Loudon. None of us know. The, in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's Loudon. And, it's Loudon and United. It's, and the amount of times we've played them when they've had kids and been bottom of the league, and then they come to Miami <laughs> and beat us 3-2. So I, I kind of feel like uh, that, was, uh, that, that, that was the soccer gods kind of uh, evening something up a little bit for us. But at the end of the day, you know, the coach changes – the approaches change, you know, little changes can make a difference. And uh, there's a little bit more fight in the team. It got a little bit too professional before, in my humble opinion. Um, and I think that it's got back to basics. And uh, I see some players fighting a little bit harder rather than just going through the motions. And uh, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of in, in encouraging movement in that kind of direction. So... I like the new guy. I like Lewis Neal. Um, certainly, you know, you judge a coach on their performances and uh, he's got a lot more right than he's got wrong and the, the results show that. I was talking to Omar before we started recording that I think it's something like seven points out of a possible 15, which might not sound incredible, but it's a lot better than losing every game and getting a draw here and there. So I just think, you know, it's, it, it's so much of this sport, I've said it so many times, is in between your ears. And, you know, someone comes in with fresh ideas, you get a bit of luck, you get a bit of momentum and it can do wonders for you. And uh, I think that the most important thing is not necessarily that we won that game. I think what it's going to do for the mood in the locker room, moving forward into these next games, we've got another game on the road before we get back to uh, FIU. So um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, You've, you've got to you've got to respect a side that can be ten men down against the odds on paper already and get out of dodge, tread on them and get three points. Just to confirm, because it's it, they've there's been changes in qualification for the playoffs in USL. Top eight teams on each side go through, right, Lee? Is it top seven or top eight? I can't no, remember. It used to be top seven. You're absolutely right. It's top eight. So, so before, when you're kind of looking at the rank at, at the standings, you're thinking, Jesus, eight points back, half a season gone. Okay. And now you kind of look at it. Well, three points behind Detroit City with, with a game in hand. You don't hate it. You, you, you don't. Indy, Indy has a little bit of extra wiggle room there, but you, you got to go on a run of runs here, I think, in order to, to qualify for the playoffs. And, and, you know, it's a little bit like, uh, it's a little bit like uh, the NASCAR down at Homestead or the Tour de France. You, you, you've, you've kind of got to time your push. Correct. You, you, can't, you, you can't push the whole season. It's a little bit nope. about timing. You want to you hit your form at a certain point. And I remember the last Paul Dalglish season. And I was a big Paul Dalglish fan and I missed the guy. And rightly or wrongly, I thought he always went out to entertain and attack. And uh, sometimes that didn't work out. But when it worked out, it was fantastic. But we ran out of steam when we went when we made it to the playoffs. I went up to that game in Louisville, and uh, I was like, "We peaked too soon, darn it!" And maybe this maybe this time we've got we've got all the rubbish out of the way, and it just grows and grows and grows. But you, you're right, Omar. You just got to finish eighth to get in, and then once you're in, who knows? You know, yeah. You don't have to tell me that, man. I had a great I had a great couple months here from uh, from April to June. You don't have to tell me that. Trust me, I'm aware of it. Just get yeah. in. Miami needs to qualify as the eight seed. If they qualify seventh, they're screwed. But if they get into the eight seed, they'll have a shot. Amen um, to that. Continuing the the spirit of look, every every team in in town. I, I love the idea. Inter Miami being the last in for MLS. Miami FC being the last in for USL. That's the new the new trend in town. Is just being the last one in the door and then trying to storm the whole way through. But um, yeah, it's it's we know with Miami FC. 
they've got a, a certain level of talent that should put them above some of the teams we see at the bottom of this table. And it just wasn't, it, it wasn't clicking uh, early on this season. I think that the fact that you're seeing, you know, sometimes you worry when a team changes clubs and they get a few results that you're getting kind of the dead cat bounce, you know, or you come off the pavement um, and bounce up for a little bit, but then just head back down where you were. Um, I'm intrigued to see as they head into August in the back half here, and they're going to get into some games where they're going to, they're going to have a chance to move around, you know, um, how they take advantage of, are they able to beat on to me? I, I, I always look at win your games at home, draw on the road and beat the teams that are bad. And the teams that are above you take what you can get, split some losses into some draws. Are they able to do that? Are they able to, to take points from Hartford and Loudon? Are they able to hold their own against, say, Louisville or Detroit? Um, if they're able to do that, I think they've got they got something going. Like you said, they only got to get to eight. Um, and then from there, you're off to the races. I mean, one thing about Miami FC, and one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons I like going down there is uh, even though it's kind of dead, which is undeniable, it's a pretty nice experience. I can leave my house at 6 p.m., drive down there, park for free, um, maybe have a couple of refreshments in the parking lot before going in. But then when I'm in, you know, have a have a six dollar beer, and you know, I can go to that game with twenty bucks in my pocket and come home with change. Um, and you know, when you talk about youth teams and that sort of thing, the uh, the academy team is doing great. We've had a couple of guys come through the academy and get a little taste of being on the bench, even get on the field. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, this is the sort of stuff that's in, uh, important. And like you say about in Miami, Matt, I mean, I think the legacy is not really going to be in uh, in the stands. It's probably going to be in those youth teams and, uh, you know, and, and inspiring kids to, uh, to to get a ball at their feet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people are pessimistic about in Miami, um, Miami FC. And, uh, you know, you just need a few more people through the gate. The, the team is still playing decent football at a decent level. Um, it's the same people turning up every week. And, uh, you know, I, we've had our death warrant signed so many times when the NASL, when, mm-hmm. we, um, when and, and, you know, yeah. when this and that happened, you know, when it, Miami came along first time, oh, well, that's it. And, you know, well, you know, we're still here. And, uh, you know, when we, when we played pre-Messi, you know, even that was a pretty close game. So I kind of feel that there's not even a lot of difference between the bottom of the MLS and the top of the USL, even the middle of the USL. Um, but I, I, it comes back to I, I wish there was a little bit more harmony between these teams and less of uh, of an off-the-field competition. don't really think that helps anyone. Um, but, I mean, you know, I'm optimistic always about that team. It's a little bit easier to be optimistic now I've had a few good results. <laughs> it certainly true. helps. But, it certainly and, helps. And, you, and you mentioned being on death's doorstep uh, more than our fair share of times when we've been, you know, working for the club, working with them directly and, and, and obviously, you know, cataloging their success over the years. It almost seems like another lifeline may be thrown, mm-hmm. you know, for the whole division two and the whole pyramid together with USL being set to vote on potential promotion relegation in August I, this is this is massive, and and this might finally be the push. No, let, let me rephrase. Strike that. I'm talking like an attorney. Strike that. Uh, no, let, this might be the push. Objection! This may be the thing that creates uh, a little more intrigue in the pyramid and what's going to happen here with the entire USL, you know, family organization structure setting the vote on whether or not promotion relegation is going to exist. And now we're going to have some movement in the U S pyramid between USL championship, USL league one, and, you know, the clubs who would like to take part in USL league two, keeping in mind, USL league two is a semi pro kind of college development system. I don't, I haven't seen a lot. And I've been trying to talk to our, you know, our buddy Karthi Krishnire about it. I haven't really had time to reach out to him, but I, I, is this, is this another, another bone saving grace here for lower league soccer in the United States? I'll come straight back in here. I think one of the things I was talking to a friend of mine and, you know, I even know that the USL has its own problems. I can't pretend the USL is, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns and everything's great. That's not true. Um, As much as I have my misgivings about MLS. But what I like about USL 
is it's been an evolution. Nothing has to happen. There doesn't need to be a Messi. There doesn't need to be this thing that transforms the landscape of USL overnight. They're not working like that. They're trying, they're trying to offer an alternative. I don't think they're trying to compete. I don't think they're trying to kill MLS or anything like that. They're trying to offer an alternative. We jokingly mentioned Wrexham, but I think that's opened some people's eyes is that, you know what? Being associated with the brightest and the best maybe isn't always the, you know, the best way to enjoy something. Um, whereas on the MLS side, it's always got to be a revolution, hasn't it? It's always got to be, this has changed the game. This is, this is, you know, it's all Hollywood. It's all big lights and fireworks and everything. And I just worried that that whole system doesn't really foster a sustainable atmosphere. And there's two, but then again, everything in this country is polarizing, isn't it? You know, politics. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, Fucking, you know, McDonald's versus Burger King, all that kind of stuff. There's no, there's never a middle ground, is there? And maybe it's going to be good for football in general if there's, you know, one thing for X group of people and one thing for Y group of people. So I've got a lot of time for what USL are doing in offering an alternative. Except for Flanagan's. We can all agree on Flanagan's, correct? Absolutely. Okay, yes. there we go. There Third we go. Cool. Continue. I, I will say about the, the whole pro rel discussion and we have talked about it uh, as long as almost anyone i would say in in the miami sports landscape um i have always been of the mind that promotion relegation in soccer in particular is a great thing but i also fully understand why if i'm starting an mls franchise to use lee's specific term if i'm starting mls franchise and i'm spending i haven't said that word once tonight now you did say it once very early on. You you absolutely said franchise, um, and it's it's accurate. Why I not forgot I'm in a room with a teacher and a lawyer. Here, so <laughs> I can't get away with that. Yes, I've got Oops. my transcription running running behind. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I also understand if I've paid a quarter of a billion dollars to start something that I don't want to get kicked down to the B side, and so I, I've always understood why there is a a hesitance to do it. I mean, when you look at soccer around the world and soccer in the United States, they develop very differently where in, in, in most of the rest of the world, you have a sporting culture that has evolved over more than a century uh, centered around the idea of, of pro rel. And, and while baseball kind of had its first division and second division, you know, in the early part of the 20th century, that wasn't actually relegation. It was just about like prize money for players um, you just didn't have it baked in. And so getting it um, baked into the the culture is hard. Um, I commend USL if they decide to take this plunge because it is a risk. And we love the idea of there being risk in sports and the competition and living on the edge. But the people that run sports don't like risk. They like the, you know, it's it's the quote that Art Modell said uh, about the NFL owners is that they're, they're 30 capitalists that enter a room and become the biggest socialists on the planet, trying to make sure that none of them ever lose anything and trying to socialize their gains and their losses. So you don't see pro-rel because there is this great kind of mutual aid society among sports owners. The fact that USL is open to the idea of breaking that up a bit is interesting. And once it gets in the water, it comes a lot harder to get out of the water. And so it'll be very interesting to see if they actually carry through with this, how it proceeds, if it works. And if it benefits USL, I certainly hope it does. I really hope it does. It's um, it, it's interesting to bring it back around to MLS and uh, little bits of Messi as well. I remember very clearly Matt telling you, um, you know, we were talking on a podcast, and I think it was a Liam Matt podcast one time, and uh, I was like, I, I just don't think this salary cap is helping anyone at the moment, and I honestly believe that this could be MLS could be the Premier League of the Americas. If, you know, if they started playing it the right way, like the rest of the world and, you know, everyone else seems to do okay with the Jeopardy. Like, you know, Todd Bowley is invested in Chelsea and he almost took him down to the championship. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, I think, you know, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a different system over there and no one can argue with that. But before we talk about this pro rail thing, certainly for the top division, I think they've got to start relaxing these this salary rule just you mean you, you i mean it's they've had to do so much 4d chess to get messy here with apple helping to like pay him to you know it, it, it give these give these guys 
only needs club, these clubs. I said clubs. A little bit mm. of a, just a little bit of a nipple twist, and go. All right, well, you know, we ain't going to give you pro rail, but it's time to you know go out and get whatever players you want to go and get. If you think you can afford them, sure. If uh, if it means that you know teams in less fashionable markets are struggle to find those players, that's the way the world works. The world isn't fair, and you know there's plenty of teams out there that have won and played well playing kids playing. Names that aren't household names, but you've got to give you've got to give these teams the right to go out and get a Messi. You can't get another Messi, but something someone who's going to do a similar sort of job for these teams. If someone was to pour a buttload of money into picking a name off the top of my head, no disrespect to Kansas. If someone was to pour a bunch of money into Kansas, bring three amigos from some team and make Kansas into a force. Why are we stopping them from doing that? I agree, Lee. And I think that, that that conversation is is finally happening. And I think Leo Messi is the one who's kind of forced the hand on it because there is this awareness that the league is essentially and and the owners are basically saying, hey, let's, you know, let's get Messi in here because it'll benefit all of us. That's the antithesis of sport. <laughs> it's like mm. helping another mm. team to get a guy in because, you know, it'll benefit your bottom line. I think there is an awareness that it's like, okay, we gotta, we we gotta do something about that. It, it made sense. MLS needed training wheels because NASL failed and every other effort failed. American Soccer League failed, but it's done well enough that we can probably start to like to to actually open it up like a legitimate top flight league. I, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm trying to do us a favor by bringing this around back around a little bit, but um, I think maybe maybe that's the legacy that he has. Maybe it's like I came here and it was a nightmare to get this deal done. If, you know, if Beckham brought eyes to the league, I think if uh, Messi opens up some eyes to making this less parity outside, you know, out off the field and in the boardrooms and get some competition going in the boardrooms, uh, I think that that might be the thing that no one is talking about that, that might be the best thing about this messy thing. These clubs are going, well, we want to, like, I don't, I don't want to have to like move the, the Tam and Gam to get, and then, you know, um, ship off my best player just to get another good player in. I think that, that might, I'm hoping that might be the best thing as much as I'm not going to go to an MLS game. I think it would be great to see a few big hitters going, you know, going into markets, all these, you know, having teams in MLS selling players to each other, you know, that kind of thing. Um, maybe that's a way for the smaller markets to survive. It's like they develop the target, the, the, the place in that area, and then into Miami come along and go, oh, we want this guy to come and play alongside Neymar or, you know, Mbappe when he's 39 or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that that might, you know, if, if someone like Messi says, yeah, other players would come, but it's hard for the teams to do it, maybe that's going to be the best thing that comes out of it. Tam, gam, fam, damn, nam. No, I, I agree. Imagine Messi's biggest role in North American soccer is being the man who shattered the MLS salary structure. Holy yeah. shit. He's done it all, right? Yeah. He's done it all. He he's, he's, <laughs> he brought Argentina back to prominence and he shattered the MLS salary cap structure. His two biggest achievements. Here's the thing, too. If now the owners, now there's this expectation that if you want a big player, you got to start carving up the pie and giving them a share of the team. That's one way that these owners might say, hey, you know what? Maybe we yeah. need to prevent that from happening and we need to get these guys paid in cash because mm, I, I now, now I, I'm starting to whittle down my investment. So Bingo. yeah, may, maybe it'll work out that way. But um, let's uh, let's come in and, and bring this in for a bit of a landing. I, I want to talk about two things real quick uh, and, and we'll, we'll go into it. Let's make a, 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 a pinky promise that we're going to circle back and, and do a World Cup special. Uh, maybe next, next week. week or the week after, um, once we get maybe we get into the group stage. Um, but women's World Cup, very exciting. The the U.S. women play the same night as as Inter Miami. Lee, you, you had your eye on the U.S. I'm women, the only one who's see. not American. I'm the only one who watched the entire game. <laughs> it's amazing how that works, doesn't it? I I did circle back and watch. I didn't watch it live. I had the dual. I I had did the thing you hate. I had the dual screen going. Yeah, the, at, uh, yeah, at the, the drive the phone and the TV. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, but um 
you know, in, in watching, cause I also love to watch events like that on social media. seems like everyone was like battering the team. Oh, they look bad. Oh, they got it. They, they won four nil, right? Three nil, three nil, three nil, like three, three nil against. You want every game Vietnam. to be 11, nothing against like, Viet against Vietnam against Vietnam. Yeah, do I do France it? Drew no, the do other... I go down this rabbit hole? Do I do it? Do I do it? <laughs> No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. No. I'm not going to do, it. do you want to create an international incident? But but, but um, even this, like, even a jump in there, like the fact that Vietnam could hold the U.S. women's national team to three goals, and you're talking about an expanded World Cup, the double the size of the women's World Cup, and Vietnam can, you know, I mean, it's 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 depends on its attack for 90 minutes, but I can easily see that four or eight years ago, maybe that would have ended 10 nil, 18 nil, maybe something like that. And uh, it's amazing if you uh, if you open things up and you give people opportunities, how much it raises standards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I listen, it's that's... the progress of the women's game around the world. And this is something that the U.S. women's national team has been dealing with over the last 10 years, right? That, you know, we don't, how much of it is stagnation in the U.S. women's national team squad and how much of it is that everybody else is getting better because they're finally investing. See, that's my thing is with it, we've been writing, not we, the three of us, but like the, 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 the learned folks of soccer have been writing the U.S. women's national team's obituary for more than a decade when Japan beats them in the final, when, you know, when Germany goes on their run in 03 and 07, the U.S. is always there. And it's because the program is strong and there is a certain momentum and eventually you can lose that momentum. It's true. But like, come to me when they actually drop out in this, you know, quarterfinals or something. When they actually blow it, um, and you can the 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 game earlier today when um, France draws with Jamaica, you know, like France is is a player in this too, and they actually drew in the group. England stage. Haiti, England yeah, Haiti, England Haiti was a hell of a game, and I think that's really the big story here is that not that oh the U.S. has fallen or whatever, it's that. The rest of the world, and not just like, That's oh, cool. two other teams that compete with the U.S., that there is a broad-based effort to actually focus on the sport finally in the last few years, and you're seeing it in the quality of play. Not, not here, because the quality of play here has always been good, and not even in this like next level of teams. It's everywhere else, whereas, oh, they've now had a full cycle to actually focus and prepare, and you're getting investment from their, their federations, and you're seeing it that the quality of play – to, at the bottom is better so much so that you expand the field and the game's gotten better. Like that doesn't make any sense except for the fact that the rest of the world is finally coming around to their senses and realizing, Hey, women's soccer is a hell of a sport. You know, it's a hell of a sport and, and it's great. And I, I'm really looking forward to see how this tournament evolves because it's, it's going to be fun. The U S is going to sweat. They're going to have to sweat. And if they don't sweat, they're going to lose. And that, that'll ultimately be what it is. They're going to have to work to win. And, and, that's the way it ought to be. If you want to lift the World Cup, you ought to have to sweat to win. Is it worth already speculating the fact that the women's, let's say the women's team wins the group. Do, do you, Are you guys aware of what their trial through the first round of the knockout stage and the quarters looks like? Tell me, Emma. Potentially. Switzerland, uh, I'm sorry. It would be a, a date with Italy, which I think we can all assume is, eh, okay, whatever. Then a quarterfinal game against Switzerland, and then potentially a semifinal game, a semifinal game against Japan. So at that point, you've run the gauntlet, right? Once you reach the final, you got to think that that that's gravy on the table. You're running against a good Swiss team, and then again, your your longtime rival Japan, and and you're still not at the finals. It feels yeah, like there's a lot of it feels like there's a lot of good teams in the other half of the draw. If that's the teams they might meet, because yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they wind up. You know, it's one of those things. Hopefully they don't drop into second in the group or whatever, and all of a sudden they're now on the other side. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Brazil. You, you got who do you got on the other side? Australia, Brazil. A quick run of form here. Australia, Brazil, Sweden, and Germany. I want to say Germany. Yeah, and Germany. Correct. I I, I watched the Brazil game this morning, and they, they look, look good. They look good. good. And they got yeah Pierre behind the wheel as well. And I, I I saw that some other of the big teams, the more known teams, the higher ranked teams, they kind of that kind of struggled to create and finish off chances. But some of that that third Brazil goal was like a you know, I could watch that on replay for like an hour. It was amazing, <laughs> pure Jogo Benito that was. 
And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I might be thinking that they're my sleeper pick here. I mean, obviously it's Brazil, say so they're a sleeper pick is kind of ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> I think that's a team to keep an eye on. I mean, I know Germany did well too. And actually I went to that game at the Dürfpunk Stadium, which was between um, the US national team, uh, the US women's national team and, uh, and uh, Germany. And Germany looked good that day. Uh, Germany would be good too. But I think the US, you know, you can never count them out. But I think Swanson is the big miss. Like, I really wonder who's going to consistently put the ball in the back of the net. Like, if Lynn Williams can do it, great. But they, uh, the number nines are back in fashion. Thank you to Erling Haaland. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I'll, yeah, I just think that they might lack that cutting edge, the USA. I'm a big Sophia Smith fan, but, you know, it's, and, you know, obviously Alex Morgan is one of the best players to ever play the women's game, but I just think they need to, they need to start firing. But I've been talking in this podcast earlier on about peaking at the right time, so who knows? Only time will tell, and we'll we'll see we'll see how it uh, this tournament develops. It's still in its very early stages, and we're lucky that we get to enjoy it these next few weeks. So, Lee, before we wrap up, I do want to uh, always start you because you are the master of uh, the the local game here, and, uh, and when it comes to men's and women's, anything jumping out to you in the lower divisions here in South Florida over the last couple of weeks? Well, I'd like to keep the focus tightly on the women's soccer because that's what I've been doing recently. And um, uh, the Magic City soccer partnership with FC Surge is still strong. Um, Surge did not have their usual um, amazing season. A little bit of a transitional season for them. Um, but um, I was lucky enough with my uh, with our good friend Soccer Droids to do a good number of uh, FC Prime games. Uh, Prime um, have a very good system for boys and girls. Um, North of the border, north of the county line, and you were um, north of the county line. This is shocking. <laughs> and um, and uh, they've you know they've they're starting to tread into the uh, WPSL now, and um, they they've got some they've got some great talent. A couple of those players are on the the Canes ladies team, um, and uh, I was uh, last night at the UPSL women's state final as well for uh, uh, which, which Dade County. And they've got a great brand going. They've got a good good bunch of players and the right people steering that team in the right direction. So I've been, uh, you know, I've been checking out quite a lot of the local women's soccer recently. Um, but there's still a lot happening out there. Um, there was a really good game recently. Um, if our old friends Nisa, we've talked about every other league, and uh, Nisa have this uh, <laughs> independent cup, and um, you play in like a, a three-team local. Um, competition with the amateur teams and it was mm-hmm. Miami United Sharks of Florida who were big Haitian DNA in that team they're a South Florida team and then there was one team from up near Jacksonville um, who <laughs> had they had but they had they had like a I would say a generic name but they weren't called Jacksonville whatever it was United Soccer Alliance or something but it was pretty cool that the three amateur teams in the state play and then the group winner went to play one of the professional teams and it escapes me who it was because um, I was doing my women's soccer stuff. But they had this really creative group system where in each game you could get a maximum of 10 points. So what it was is that you could you got a point for each goal up to three and then it was something like five points for a win, two points for a tie, nothing for a loss, but then three points for a shutout. Or a clean sheet. So the maximum points you could get for a game was 10. But it was more important to win 3 nothing than it was to win 10-1. Because if you got the shutout, then you yeah. got maximum points. It's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a harkening back to the old NASL when you had the, the goals that yes. counted for extra points if it was out from a certain <laughs> line. So, um, yeah, I do want to shout out the uh, the Sharks of Florida. They're, uh, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff right. And they're kind of dipping that toe in that NISA system. And I wonder where that would go. But they got a lot of good players, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of good uh, Haitian and Jamaican players, and uh, I always like to see those guys uh, get out there because they've always got a few speedsters, and I like to get it out onto the wing, skin the full back, get it in the box, get it in the net. And uh, no, I went to one game of theirs against the United Soccer Alliance, and it was four two. It was a cracking game for free up at Monsignor Pace High School in Miami yes. Gardens, um, and we avoided a weather delay, which is great. 
there's still That's plenty the... out there. The best thing I can I can tell you is, you know, there's a few leaks surfacing up. Um, you know, check out team social media. Um, there's always some good stuff out there. But uh, you know, we've always had a good non-league, lower league scene here, and uh, I'm happy to say that it is still healthy. That's wonderful to hear, and I, I can reiterate the avoiding weather delays is the. If a team down here can figure out that, they they will become the biggest team in town. Because uh, if you saw on uh, our social media, uh, the weather delay at the messy reveal uh, produced a kind of uh, awkward incident where a bunch of people are basically storming the gates to try to avoid a severe weather uh, storm. Uh, so yeah, so let's let's get that figured out. Let's put that to the board and get that ironed out. Teams down here in South Florida it doesn't need to be a dome. Can make a dome, you know, cover something that might be helpful, but. Just ha- have some plans, have some stuff put together. But it's, it's good to hear it that the- I've got I've got to watch Columbia, South Korea. That's we got we got. Yes, we're minutes. right on the press. Uh, all right, so yes, that's a good enough cue as any. Um, Lee Fens, as always, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, this is a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm hopefully we'll be back again sooner and not take another three year hiatus. Yes, let's do that. And I will remind you, Lee, it's an audio medium. So when you throw this at me, no one else can tell that you're acknowledging me. It was only uh, for you, and now you spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> Omar, thanks as always, buddy. Same time next week, lads. I'll be in Brazil, but I can make it happen. Joko bonita. Uh, let's do it. All right. Uh, for Lee and Omar, I've been Matthew Bunch. Uh, until next time, uh, go Miami FC, go Leo Messi. Why not? I get to say that now. And go Miami soccer. If anybody thought that ball would not end up in the back of the net, you were sadly mistaken. <laughs> there, was a, there was a metal in the ball and a magnet. Someone with a magnet behind the goal. That's what it was. It's all- <laughs> It's fixed. It's like wrestling. <laughs>